The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Amen. Hey, good morning. It's good to be with you guys back again. We've been going through our summer series entitled The Story of Everything, and we're going to wrap that up today. And so if you've got Bibles with you, go ahead and turn those on or open those up. We're going to be in Luke 15. Uh, the majority of our series over the summer has primarily been out of maybe the Old Testament showing how Jesus is the greater David or Jesus is uh, the greater Abraham or Jesus is uh, the greater Joseph. And we worked through uh, several different stories in the Old Testament uh, and, and we also saw how Jesus is the greatest atonement. And so today we're actually going to look at the words of Jesus and how Jesus actually speaks of himself because he is the story of everything. And so if you're in Luke 15, what's happening here is uh, crowds of people are gathering together around Jesus because he's working miracles and he has some supernatural teaching that the people are just naturally drawn to. And so all of these crowds begin to gather. And if you look in chapter 15, verse 1, it says that there are two types of people that are there among him in the crowds. And he says the two types are tax collectors and sinners and Pharisees and scribes. And so in this crowd of people, you've got what culturally would see as the worst of the worst, the outcast, the no good, the uh, 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 haters of God. And then on the other side, you have the very religious, the, the ones who do right and look right and act right. And so these two cultures collide into one group. And then Jesus, because he wants to address both groups, he breaks out into three different Stories. They're called parables. And in the first story, if you read through it, it is the story of a shepherd. And he had a hundred sheep. And the story goes that he loses one of the sheep. And the shepherd, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. And he searches for the one until he finds it. And when he finds it, he takes the sheep, he puts it on his shoulders, and he heads home. And when he gets home, he calls his friends and his families together to celebrate because the Bible says what was lost is now found. And Jesus says, he says, I tell you the truth. There is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents or comes back to God than over 99 righteous persons who need not repent. And so Jesus just simply continues to the next story. He says the shepherd goes, finds the sheep, brings it home. And then there's this woman, this woman who had 10 coins. She loses one of them. And it says that she lights a lamp and she searches her whole house high and low until she finds it. And when she finds it, what does she do? She calls her neighbors. She calls her friends. She calls everyone she knows in. And she says, celebrate with me because what was lost is now found. And then the third story is the story of a man who had two sons. Let's take a look at it. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. And he said, Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a share of the property that is coming to me. 
Now, the original listeners, the tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees and scribes, they would have been amazed by this request. Because in this request of an inheritance is actually a request that you are wishing your father dead. You see that? He says, I know I get an inheritance one day when you pass away, but I want mine now. And so, so they would have been amazed. Imagine if your son came to you and said, Dad, I want you dead. Actually, what I really want is your stuff. I mean, anybody ever asked their dad for money? How did that go? Dad, can I have 20 bucks? He'd be like, get a job, fool. Right? Get out of here. I don't have extra money. So, so listen, this is amazing because watch how Jesus says the father responds. Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. So he gives his inheritance to the older son and the younger son. Now, what's interesting is this word property This is actually translated as the word bios. This is where we get biology. So you could say this property is actually he divided his life. It means life. And so what Jesus says the father does is that he divided his life between them. He gave up his life. Now watch what happens next. Verse 13. Not many days later... The younger son gathered all that he had, including his father's life, and he took a journey to a far-off country. And there he squandered his property, his life, in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went, and he hired himself out to one of the citizens in the country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. So here's the deal, is at the lowest point in his life, he's there in the fields, he's covered in mud, he's covered in shame, and what does he do is he remembers the servants back home. He remembers the servants that work for his dad and how they have plenty to eat. And so he comes up with a plan. Look in verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and I'll go to my father. And I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your what? Hired servants. So here's the plan. He says, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to go home. And I'm going to go home to my father. And then when he gets to his father, he's going to confess something. What's he going to confess? I've sinned. I've, I've come and I've sinned against you. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to that point where you realize that you've sinned? Have you ever gotten to that point in your life where you realize that you've fallen short? That the decisions that you've made or the life that you live doesn't necessarily measure up to glorifying God? 
or your father? Have you ever got to the place where you realize that you are in great need of mercy? Or are you just trying to clean yourself up? Are you trying to clean the shame or the mud? Are you working so hard not to need grace? Are you trying to work so hard not to need a savior? Have you ever gotten to the place where you realize that you've sinned? This guy, he heads home, and he realizes he's not even worthy to be accepted. But he has one request. Do you remember his request? What was his request to the dad? He says, one request, would you treat me as a hired servant? That's his request. Dad, I've, I've sinned against you. I've fallen short. I'm not worthy to be called your son, but would you just please somehow find grace enough for me to become one of your hired servants? Now, here's what's interesting. A hired servant is not a slave. You you see, a slave would live on the estate. A slave would be a part of the property. But a hired servant would live in the town and would go to the estate every day and work for a wage. And then, and then he would go home and he would end the day and he would get up the next day and do the same thing. So by him requesting to be a hired servant is him requesting to his father, God, he says, Father, I want to pay you back for everything I've done wrong. I want to earn my way back into good standing before you. Because in his heart of hearts, He realizes he owes the father a debt. You see, in the beginning of the story, the son, he wants the father's things, but he doesn't want the father. He wants the blessings from his dad. He wants an inheritance, but he doesn't really want anything to do with God. He doesn't want anything to do with the father. And so what happens is he runs off and he squanders it all. And now when he comes back, he realizes that he owes his father a debt and he just wants to work it off again. He wants some status, but not the father. So he starts to head home. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. And he arose. And he came home to his father. But while he was still what? A long way off. His father saw him and felt compassion and ran to him and embraced him and kissed him. Now listen, there's a lot of verbs in that sentence and they don't have anything to do with the son. The father, he saw him while he's a long way off. He got up and he ran to him. Listen, men don't run in this day. That means he would have to pick up his tunic, pick up his outer garment, bare his legs, and actually run down the road. It means he was probably looking for his son. And so he sees him, he feels compassion, and he actually runs to his son, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. Now, now here's the deal. Is this kid, like he wanted the father dead. He wanted his stuff. He wanted his money, and he took from him, and he wasted it, and now he's coming home. And Jesus says that when the father sees him, that he feels compassion on him. Have you ever experienced a love that is unearned, unmerited? 
Have you ever experienced a love that despite anything that you've ever done, it's still there? It's still very powerful. It still feels compassion for you. Have you ever experienced that kind of love? Jesus says that when he sees him, he felt compassion. He runs to him. He braces him. He kisses him. Now, now here's the deal. is Even though he probably smelled like a pig. Right? He doesn't, he, he doesn't say, oh, oh, man, you really stink. Why don't you do this? Why don't you go clean yourself up? And then when you're clean, you can come back and we can talk to Right? That's not what he says. He says, no, 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 no. He, he comes and he embraces him just how he is. The father embraces the son no matter what he's done. And the son, he begins to make this plea. Look in verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put the ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us celebrate and eat for this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found and they began to celebrate. And so as soon as the son starts to apologize, the father interrupts him and says, and he calls to his servants. He says, servants, he says, bring the robe and put it on him. Bring the shoes and put it on his feet and bring the ring and put it on his hand. And now I begin to think, you know, maybe a robe because this dude probably really did stink. Maybe he was cold. Get that robe, man. We got to cover this thing up. And shoes, maybe because he's been walking in slop and mud and maybe his, his feet are broken and cracked and he doesn't want to track that into the house. So he says, get the shoes and put it on his feet. But a ring? Why would he call for a ring? You see, a ring, it would have the family seal on it. The ring was about status. And by the father giving him his son the ring, it's his way of saying, I'm not going to let you earn your way back. It's only by my grace are you in the family. It's like the father says here is a symbol that your status is full and he gives it by his grace. You see the father he then he takes the most precious meat and he calls everyone together and they have a celebration because this son who was once dead is now alive. Now listen, because some of you are here this morning and you're like the younger brother. Some of you, if you were honest, and I know this is church, I don't know if you feel comfortable being honest here, but if you were honest, you would say that you want God's things, but you care little for God. If you're honest, you would just simply say, I want some blessing." I want God to provide something for me. I want eternal life in heaven. And if you're honest with your own heart today, 
Some of you are like the younger brother and you want God's things, but really, honestly, you care little for God. You want an inheritance, but not God himself. You want God's stuff, but not a relationship with God. Because somehow you think that by just simply receiving God's stuff, that would make you happy. That's what the younger brother thought. That's why he wanted it now. I don't want to wait. I want my stuff now. I want to do what I want to do. And so some of you are just like the younger brother where you just want the blessing, but you want little to do with God. But today, maybe today is the day that you realize that your soul is starving. Maybe today is the realize that that your, your heart is hungry and you're still longing. And today, maybe is the day that you realize that no matter what you've done or what type of shame that you feel or what is covered around you, you can get up today and you can head home and you can go to a heavenly father who is sitting on the porch looking for you, who sees you while you are a long way off and he feels compassion for you and he wants to welcome you in by his grace alone. Some of you today, you're sitting there, but you're really covered in shame and you're really a far way off. Listen to me. You can come home today. You can ask God. You can approach God and say, God, I've sinned. And he can put a robe on you and shoes on you and give you the status that you're longing for. Others of you are here and you've come home, but you're trying to be a hired servant. You're trying To pay God back with your good deeds. You're trying to earn some status that your heavenly father wants to give you freely. You're trying to pay God back with good deeds or church attendance. Hoping that somehow you can pay off the debt that you owe by yourself. You're working with all your might to earn a status. But listen, when you're working and working and working, God wants to interrupt your life today. And he says, just just stop with that. The God of the Bible will have none of it. God wants to interrupt your life. And he wants to put a robe over your shame. And he wants to put shoes over your brokenness and a ring on your hand so that by his grace alone, you can be called a child of God. You can't earn something that's freely given. And some of you, you're working so hard to somehow please God. And he's here today inviting you into him. Hear me, Jesus is saying that no matter what you've done, God can and will forgive you no matter what you've done. Now, it seems that at this point in the story, everything's good, right? The sons come home. They begin to celebrate. But that's not the end of the story because there's still another brother. Look in verse 25. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Jesus says there's dancing in heaven. There's music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what do these things mean? What's what's going on here? And the servant, he said to him, your brother has come home. 
And your father, he has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry. He was angry and he refused to go in. This brother was so angry that he said, I'll have none of that. I don't want to be a part of that. He was so angry that he refused to go in. And by him refusing to go in the house was actually a symbol of him refusing to be a part of the family. And listen, this would have shamed his father. All the guests, all the town. Listen, when you kill the fatted calf, that's the biggest celebration that the, that the family's ever known. It's the biggest party. The house is full of people, and by the son refusing to go in, it would have completely shamed the father. So listen, what does the father do? Look at what it says. It says he refused to go in, but his father came out and entreated him. His father actually came out to him. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you, I have served you, I have served you. And I've never what? I've never disobeyed your command. And you, you never gave me a young goat. Not one piece of meat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he didn't even, he didn't even call him his brother. He says, when this son of yours, when he came home, who has devoured your life with prostitutes and you kill the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, don't you see you're always, always with me and all that is mine is yours. Now listen, isn't that the literal truth? He divided his property between the sons. That means everything now in the family is the older brothers. He says, everything that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and now he's found. So look at this. Just like the younger brother The father had to come out to him. The father felt compassion for him. The father came out to see him. And the son, what does he say? He says, I've served you all these years. He actually says at one point, I've never disobeyed you. Never disobeyed. And you never gave me even a little celebration. Not a goat, nothing. But when this son of yours, he wasted everything that you had. He lost everything that you had. He wasted your blessing. He, he was in sinful actions. You throw the biggest party for him? Are you kidding me? The son, he's extremely upset. But let me ask you, what's he upset about? What's he, what's he so angry about? Is he angry that his brother came home? 
Is he angry that the father received him? No. He's upset about the cost. See it? He's upset about the cost because he too cares about the father's things, but not the father. You see, the older brother, he tries really, really hard to do good. So in the end, he feels like the father owes him something. He cares about the father's status, but not the father. But the father pleads with him one last time, don't you get it? Don't you see we had to celebrate because this brother of yours, he was dead. But now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. We see in the story that both brothers were separated from the father. They both wanted the father's things, but not the father himself. One brother was separated by disobedience. The other brother was separated by religious obedience. He did everything right. And so maybe you're here today and you, you grew up in church. You've gone to Sunday school after Sunday school. You, you have all the Awanas badges that you can fit on your chest. You listen to Joy FM. You have all the Christian t-shirts. Maybe you've even memorized John 3.16. But if you're honest, really honest, you don't know the Father. If you're really honest, you don't have a relationship with God. And you're honest, if you're honest, you are still standing outside in the field thinking that God owes you something. For repping him well all these years. For diligently doing the studies and going religiously to church and doing all this stuff. You think that somehow because of your obedience that God owes you an inheritance. Maybe, maybe if that's you, you know God as master. But you don't know him as savior. Because in reality, you're trying to be your own savior. You're trying to earn your way so that God would somehow owe you something. Jesus' point is that both the sinner and the religious are separated from God. Both the disobedient and the obedient can be separated from God, but Jesus invites them both into a celebration by his grace alone. In the same way, Jesus wants you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, whether you've done good or you've done wrong, Jesus is inviting us today. Jesus invites you to come home. Jesus invites you into the celebration by his grace alone, through faith alone. Listen to me. Do you feel dirty? Do you feel covered in shame? Do you feel unworthy? He sees you with compassion. He runs to you, embraces you. He kisses you in the middle of your shame and guilt. He wants you to come home. Do you do good stuff, but, but you don't know God? Jesus, again, invites you to come home. Come into the celebration. Jesus says, That no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can be forgiven. 
Jesus also says you can obey all the rules and still be separated from God. So today I'm, I'm pleading with your heart. I'm pleading with your, with, your, with your inner being to say, where am I at with God? Where am I at? He's inviting me no matter where I am. Do I know him? Am I into the celebration? Or am I still outside trying to clean myself up? Or I'm still outside thinking that somehow God owes me and I'm going to trust in my good works. Listen, it doesn't work. I'm going to have the band come back up and I'm going to share with you one quick thing. The story of everything means that everything points to Jesus himself. Now, here's the kicker. In the first story, the story of the lost sheep, whose job was it to go find the sheep? Yeah, the the shepherd. That's easy, right? The shepherd's job was to go find the sheep. In in the second story, where the woman loses the corn, whose responsibility was to find the coin? It was the woman's, right? No brainer. But in the third story, whose job was it to go find the wayward son? Listen to me. Everyone in that culture, everyone in the crowd listening would have known it was the job of the older brother. It was the older brother's job to go and find him. But listen to me, because it would have cost him everything to leave. He would have had to leave all of his inheritance, all of his wealth, all of his goods behind. And he would have to go into an unknown land to find what was lost. And so here's the deal. In the same way, Jesus Christ is the greater and truer older brother who would leave the father's house and lay down his life. And lay down his status and forsake all that he has to come and to seek and to save that which was lost. That's us. He would leave it all. But here's the deal. Jesus didn't receive a robe. He was stripped. Jesus didn't receive shoes of comfort. He was beaten and scourged and marred and bruised. Jesus didn't receive a ring of status. He received a crown of thorns. So hear me. In order for us to receive a robe of righteousness that covers our shame, in order for us to receive shoes that would cover our brokenness, in order for us to receive a ring that says, I am a child of God, which is freely given to us, it came at a great, great, great cost. Jesus, he laid down his life in our place so that we could be brought back into knowing God. So that we could be joined into the celebration. And so many people, so many of you, you listen, you you settle. You settle standing outside the home with your shame being covered. 
You're standing outside the home with your brokenness being healed. You have shoes on your feet. You're standing outside the home. And yeah, you wear the ring and you wear the status with pride. But today, God wants you to enter into knowing him. God calls us into the celebration of his love. So many Christians, so many churchgoers, they're standing outside the celebration, looking the part, but still not knowing what it means to enjoy the love of the Father. Jesus, he gives us a robe. It says that Jesus was the righteous who died for the unrighteous. And Jesus gives us a robe and he cleans our brokenness and he gives us a status so that we would know God, so that we could be united with God and have a relationship with him. And I pray today that you would search your heart and ask the question, am I separated? Am I outside? Maybe because you've done things wrong, or maybe because you've just done things right. But today, Jesus is inviting every one of us in to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you truly are the story of everything. You are the one that our hearts long for. And so today, oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying that we would receive your grace and receive your invitation today. That we would truly confess to you that we need a Savior. And that today, we don't want to just simply stop with being covered or healed Today we are, as a church, as an individual, as a, as a man before you, God, we are stepping in asking you to run to us. Would you let us feel you today running to us and having compassion? Lord, today we want to feel your embrace. We want to start this relationship with you. You see us and you know us and you've come to us. Oh, Jesus, you've come to us to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus, today, we confess that we absolutely need you. You become my story. Become my story of everything. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.